to the Arkansas Times Arts and Entertainment Podcast, No Small Talk. It's me, Jacob Rosenberg, and we got Stephanie Smittle, Amaya Jones, and our special guest this week is Sarah Wolf. So, hello. Uh, so, basically, what we're going to do is normally we wait till later on for the interview, uh, but Sarah's just going to sit in with us for the entire show today because we're going to start off as we do each week by talking about the Musicians Showcase. Later on, we're going to talk about Bonnie Montgomery. We're going to do an interview with you, Sarah, get into everything that's going on with uh, you and why you're a judge this week. But Stephanie, really quick, broad background. Where are we at in Musician Showcase? What's going on? Uh, what's going forward? What's happened in the past? Let's do the big Musician Showcase roundup. We are like 11th hour. <laughs> so we're on round four, which means we're in the fourth round of the semifinals that will determine who will go to the finals um, tonight all returning favorites from last year. So, De France, yes. Recognizer, The Inner Party, and Mortalist are all up tonight. I cannot think of four more <laughs> radically different bands to have. It's like you're going to see the most eclectic bill ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they'll compete for a spot in the finals for a big, robust prize package. Um, there are like tons of live spots and they're giving away a guitar and cash and an in-studio showcase. So um, there's a lot on the line. And that's March 9th? March 9th. At River. River. And they'll be joined there but whoever wins tonight is going to be competing against Couch Jackets who we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. The Rios who we've talked about. But our third winner I don't think we've talked about them in Philly. Fully. Sabine Valley? Sabine Valley. Sabine Valley. A little clap for Sarah in the background. I'll let y'all kind of get into it because I didn't see the show. So tell me about this band. You know, like, what what did you like about it? You were one of the judges. What did you What did you like about them? Oh, my goodness. I mean, just watching them. I mean, and it's it's wild for the first band up to be the band that wins. Usually it's later in the show. But yeah, these high school kids just came out and took over the stage. And come to find out, you know, they are high school kids. The bass player and drummer are in the, I think, ninth grade. And <laughs> ninth grade? That's like early high school, too. It's not even like 11. Le- and the lead singer and guitar player in the 11th. Wow, that's crazy. And there are bands 20 years their senior that would give just about anything to have the stage presence that these kids had. They just came out and owned it. Yeah. What was their sound and like? It's very, like, early 90s. It reminded me of being in high school and college again mm-hmm. like with Liz Fair and Poe and early no doubt you know just that confident female vibe that was just and I think they brought half their high school with them um. <laughs> totally. and they brought the crowd votes yeah um, and, and brought it in definitely definitely stole um, the evening with the crowd vote they brought their teachers their students um, so everybody right. yeah I, I really I mean uh, what I also loved about that band was there was a real feminine energy to that band and Mm -hmm. a real feminine sort of like um pulse to their music and yeah it was good for their um for everybody to see and i wanted to run up and hug each one of the parents and thank them for encouraging this (laughs) and i mean even though they were awesome it was still not an easy night yeah i mean deep sequence um crankbait who goodness have owned the little rock metal scene for about 20 years Mm -hmm. and um and all the way Korean. And all the way Korean, who were just so much fun out of Hot Springs. Very theatrical, right? Very, yeah. And just incredibly solid. I think what people might remember about their performance is that they had these crazy backlights hooked up to the drum kit. Uh-huh. So the, the backlights would flash with the pulse of the music. But what was so compelling to me about it is that it wasn't, I mean, that was just extra. It wasn't as if their performance relied on that. It was just 
enhanced by that. I I love all the way Korean. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm sort of, I mean, so what kind of sounds did we have throughout the night? What does Deep Sequence sound like? Kind of groovy, right? Like a, like a Not going to lie, Deep Sequence sounds a lot like they have watched every live DVD of every live Frank Zappa. Oh, my before. gosh. Yeah. I'm in love. I that mean, sounds like a, a fun way. that sounds like a very good night because it's like early '90s Liz Fair and Deep Frank Zappa. Those are like that's some like they were great, great live weekends. music. Yeah. yeah. All right. So perfect. So we're gonna have Sabine Value, the Rio Couch Jackets, and whoever wins tonight. Let's just do it, even though you know folks uh, aren't gonna be able to go because this will come out after the show tonight. Sorry, you missed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you missed out on a great show. Let's just do a quick preview again of these four bands tonight in case one of them wins. So, Mortalist, what are, what is, metal, right? I, I don't know if they would identify as speed metal, but they are fast metal. Fast oh, metal. definitely, yeah. And what what are the other three I'm trying to... De France, to me, reminds me of, like, the best bits of Tom Petty, and, um, you know, they, they have these great uh, studio tracks out, but the thing about them is they sound so much more polished than their studio tracks now because mm-hmm. they've played so many dang gigs. Oh really? So they they might sound better live than they would if you like looked them up on Bandcamp. Yeah, super very like, much so. Southern rock that makes me want to go to the Buffalo River and like drink really cheap beer and swing off of the cliffs. <laughs> that you're not supposed to swing off. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, and so Recognizer. Well, I think we talked about this last week. It's sort of a group of folks who have played in different bands and kind of came together recently for this group. Two dudes named Mike Mullins. Two dudes <laughs> named Mike Mullins. Um, so. Should be a really good. Tr- am I am I missing one last band? One more, the Inner Party. From the Inner Party, Fayetteville, which is really cool. I I really love that the showcase is starting to bridge a little bit out to different parts of the state. We had a band from El Dorado. We had a band from Jonesboro this year. We had a band. Um, we've got these Fayetteville bands and whatnot. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So awesome. Musician showcase is wrapping up, but get really excited for March 9th because, as you know, like these are going to be incredible bands. They're going to be competing, um, for this all these live shows in the future and it, a lot of times it can bounce people into this beautiful career down the line so you want to be in before everyone else already knows them so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and stephanie and sarah are going to talk for a while about what it's like to judge the music showcase and uh sarah's blog follow the wolf all right take one break Welcome back. We're just going to go ahead, and Stephanie and Sarah are going to talk about the Little Rock music scene and the Musician Showcase and judging it and everything in between. So, Stephanie, take it away. Welcome, Sarah Wolf, to the Rock Candy Podcast, No Small Talk. And I wanted to, um, before we get started, also mention that in the finals of the showcase on March 9th at the Reverend, there will be a fifth band. The fifth band keeps getting called a wild card band, which is kind of funny because it's not wild or random at all. It is simply the band that didn't win their night, but scored the highest overall out of all four semifinal rounds. So whoever didn't win their night but came out on top otherwise out of all four nights, they'll advance to the finals as well. And Sarah was very nicely trying to tell me that before we switched over to the next segment. And that's why she's the expert here. And we're going to ask her questions because she was smartly being like, you forgot the wild card band. Like, I was going to say, as a judge for the showcase, that's kind of where the judges like to shine. It's like, wait, we like these guys. Let them in. So that's kind of the... <laughs> sure. So uh, we, when we started thinking about judges, Sarah Wolf came to mind not only because she's a very uh, devoted fan of the Little Rock scene, but that uh, her taste, and I would venture to say her eclectic taste in music, 
led people to start to ask her where she was going that night because she started like posting on her social media like okay here's here's the plan <laughs> i'm gonna hit this place at six for happy hour and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. go to this eight o'clock show and then i'm gonna go to this late night show and um that was sort of a way uh depending on what kind of music you listen to to get a sense of what was going on that night and so um to that end uh you started to build this little video series called follow the wolf and i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how it got started well um follow the wolf was i guess just an idea in the back of my head you know people saying sarah where are you going tonight and with all the things that i post one of my friends actually said we'll follow the wolf Mm -hmm. my last name being (laughs) w-o-o-l-f but um and then my friend Brian Nolan finally, or I love collaborations, and he was collaborating with Epiphany Mara for this awesome song called I Might Be Leaving, and they were recording it at Jason Tedford's studio. So it was kind of like the perfect storm of three friends, three artists coming together, and I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, let's do this. Hmm. So I called Brian and Jason, and actually no, I was at Four quarter when they debuted the song and Piff jumped on stage and it just blew me away. And Brian and Jason were like, "Yeah, come on over to um, Wolfman Studios." And we interviewed Brian. You know, he and I are just two goofballs when we get together. And then I set him and Jason at the soundboard for kind of a rock doc style dissecting of the song, and that took off. And then about that same time as that was being released. Mark Curry released Tarrant County, which it got a write up today in all magazines, No Depression. That's right. Yeah. Wow. And then Epiphany Morrow released Celebrate, and then which won R&B Album of the Year at um, the Central Arkansas Music Awards, and I think won something at the um, Black and Gifted Awards this past weekend in Moralton. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was um, Cliff Aaron, Drummer Boy Infinity, came out with the Bass Players Ball where they honored my friend Ivan Yarbrough with a Lifetime Achievement Award. So I'm like, there's that. And then there's another great interview with this legendary blues bassist. And it's just kind of gone from there. And then this um, start of the year, when you approached me with um, with judging the showcase, I said, okay, Fall the Wolf is in a new pushing towards 2018. Mm-hmm. And let's do this. And I've been able to grab a hold of the, I've interviewed you and um, Chris from Stickies and Tracy Berry about the history of the showcase and then interviewed Daz and Bree who won it last year. And then after each week, I've been been able to luckily grab the winners of each week mm-hmm. so that the week of March 9th, I'll be able to show you a quick interview with each of the week's winners. Wow. So that's really it's, cool. So it's kind of cool how this is just turned into something and people are actually asking me what's coming up next for Fall of the Wolf and approaching me with different ideas for different collaborations. So super cool. We shall see. Well, I, I, could I ramble. thought <laughs> it'd be fun. Uh, look forward to that for sure. I thought it'd be fun to ask you, and maybe you've already mentioned some of these when you were talking about Follow the Wolf, but to ask you about albums that might be like your Arkansas musician-made albums that you take to the desert island, as they say. Mm. Like, what what do you, what can you just listen to over and over? Um, Let's see. I've tried to work a playlist in my head of like, here is Sarah's Arkansas playlist or Central Arkansas playlist. But number one would have to be Amasa Hans. They're just like no other band I've heard, be, that, be it in Arkansas or anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching them blow up on the festival circuit just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But um, 
then pretty much anything Adam Fawcett's done. And I'm so excited for his new album and his new video that he just finished. Um, Mulehead's new album, or not new album. Yeah, they do have a new album out, don't they? Um, <laughs> the Salty Dogs are a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, there's so many different varieties of music. If you want your country, you've got the Salty Dogs and Mark Curry's album. If you want rap and hip hop, you've got Osiris Bali, you've got Epiphany Morrow, who I'd put his Live from South on Main as my must have Epiphany Morrow CD. They're all great, but that's. Um, and then singer songwriters, you've got the Wildflower Review. I'm not biased because of my sister, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, full disclosure Sarah's sister is Cindy Wolf, a very talented banjo player and picker of all strange things, who's in a wonderful um, duo turned outsized full band called the Creek Rocks. Mm -hmm. So, and. Yeah, and they were tickled to be nominated for a Central Arkansas Music Award also. So, um, The first time I ever heard the Creek Rocks live was in somebody's backyard, and I remain convinced that that is the best possible acoustic to hear them. I agree. I so agree. Yeah, that was, that was a fun night. I was unable to make that night, but I remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got Mulehead, who's um, you know a legendary rock band out of this area, who was fun... Um, Kevin Kirby and a lot of those musicians play in several different bands and then the Brian Nolan band who all these artists are still building and still working on new projects gosh and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the soul singers in Little Rock you know my girl Janine Latrice Perez and Candy Soul and um, Haywood King and Chrissy P and Dee Dee Jones and who else I feel like if I don't say somebody's name and Bijou and Anyway, I could go on. <laughs> That's a pretty good Desert Island mix uh, right there. I'm counting on some of those names that haven't, that have maybe done features on albums, but haven't yet done their own projects. Maybe that, uh, maybe that's to come. Yes. What do you think is the most underrated venue in Central Arkansas? Just maybe a venue that people don't go to, um, get out of their comfort zone and go to, but which is awesome. Mm. Oh my goodness. Um, really putting you on the spot. You are, you are, because I mean, I love all these venues, and you know, most of the time you'll find me bouncing between. Um, I, don't, I know there's been one, and I know I've been sitting there going, why don't people come here? For a while, 109 and Company was doing music, yeah. and they were doing Wine Wednesdays and stuff like that, and um, a lot of these venues just patience the crowd will find it if the music's there um i'm excited to see how Gigi's cafe and mom l has blown up yeah and that's your good place for soul music and they're trying to branch out from there um hogs on jfk has slowly but surely developed a following gil franklin plays there a lot and you know the other night saturday night i went for a party and they just had a really good dj so it's just Fun places to, um, the Undercroft is another one. It's in the basement mm -hmm. of, um, which Episcopal church is that? Of Christ Church Episcopal. Yeah. That's right. Just a fun listening room and. Underground. Underground Undercroft. Cave. Exactly. <laughs> it is a sunken cave. Um, and 
I mean, South on Main has picked up a huge following with their weekend mm-hmm. shows and with their Wednesday nights being curated by local artists. Um, again, pick up your art, pick up your Arkansas Toms. Look for Follow the Wolf. Um, and yeah, and like you said, I'll run down a list most weekends and say, yeah, okay, here's what I want to do, or you know, if teleportation were possible, mm-hmm. here are three shows I'd be at tonight. But a lot of times they're at the same time. Yeah, I've run into shows at the very end from trying to catch all of them, and they're putting up their stuff going, Sarah, you just missed us, but we appreciate you being here. <laughs> it's like, Definitely. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of the No Small Talk podcast, and we'll be at the showcase tonight for the last semifinal round, and then we'll be at the Rev Room March 9th at 8 p.m. for the final round. Last year was really a blast. You guys should come, and we'll be back. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're just going to, Sarah's going to stick around for the recommendations too. We're just going to keep on going all the way through it. Um, something that we, I was going to recommend, but I thought we'd just generally kind of throw it out for discussion is Bonnie Montgomery's uh, new album, Forever. I just had to write a little bit of something for the Times this week, and I really, this album really blew me away. Uh, it was It's super interesting. Uh, it's got a lot of depth. I guess I'll just ask you, Sarah, like what did you think of it and kind of, what have you thought of uh, Montgomery's career as it's kind of evolved over time? Uh, what are your perceptions? About oh my it? goodness, this album is so great. And I love, I guess since she's moved to Austin and since she won the Ameripolitan Award last year, um, she's just embraced the Austin sound, but she's not far from her you know, Arkansas roots. And I've loved watching her develop as an artist when she lived here. And then what's happened since she's moved to Austin and even Del Watson, who has become, I guess, kind of a mentor to her, is on this new album with her and will be with her Wednesday night at the Whitewater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, maybe we should back up and oh. I should just sort of ask generally, like, Sorry. let's talk. No, you're, you're killing it. <laughs> I asked the question. I should have asked first, who is Bonnie Montgomery and, you know, why should we care about this artist? You know, when did she live in Arkansas? All the bio stuff that I totally messed up on. Stephanie, do you have the background info? Sure. Well, uh, I think what stands out most about uh, Bonnie Montgomery's career is just the way that she's been able to um, do both this classical thing. So she wrote this opera called Billy Life about the childhood of a young Bill Clinton and um, in particular about Bill Clinton's mother and uh, her relationship and a time in uh, Hot Springs, sort of during its heyday. And then also this uh, honky-tonk Career. I think somebody writing about her music somewhere along the way, not me, said, um, I wish I said this about this because I think it's brilliant, called her music high art honky-tonk. And I think that's a really good way to describe um, what I hear when I hear her music, which is that um, she manages to draw upon all these influencers, you know, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, even uh, contemporary people like Dale Watson, without ever being derivative. And um, I won't mention any names, but I know you guys have heard at least half a dozen if you just hop on YouTube, sort of, you know, somebody that you hear and they're a country musician, they're, they're just doing the thing and they're doing all the right things career-wise, but they're, they, um, they just sound like maybe they're trying to be Hank Williams or trying to be Johnny Cash. And what's so beautiful to me about Bonnie's music is that she's never being anybody other than Bonnie Montgomery. And those influences are like very natural 
and it's not a matter of her saying, okay, I'm going to do a song in this person's style or a song in this person's style. They're all in her style. Wow. And so what was she like when she was part of the Little Rock scene? Was she doing mostly country music at that time too? Or was it sort of a combination of different things? No, I think it's pretty much, you know, again, as Stephanie said, it's a beautiful thing of what you see is what you get. You know, she's a proud White County Cersei native, and she embraces that, and she embraces who she is and her place in the Little Rock music scene and now the Austin music scene. And, you know, she was one of the original members of the Wildflower Review. You know, she, Amy and Mandy took, you know, hanging out, sitting on the porch, and turned it into this beautiful trio, which, as you pointed out, my sister, you know, was able to take that spot, but um, I don't know, how. what would you say? Uh, definitely, and I, I think, um, I think to me what's interesting about the new album is that it's able to fuse these elements. There's nothing really about it that's not country, um, that seems like, you know, a, a departure, but also it has all these elements of like flamenco and classical music and they're never just sort of superimposed upon the album. They're part and parcel of it. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert at all at opera. I would say I'm whatever's farthest from an expert. I didn't recognize any of those elements, but you sort of talked about, like, can we talk about what Bill Canto is and, like, how you can sort of recognize some of those elements in the music? Are there specific notes, specific instruments? Is it a specific song that stuck out? Kind of. How did you start noticing that when you're listening to it? Because I'm hearing just, like, a country album that kind of has quirks it sounds interesting but I, I didn't recognize those elements that you sort of talked about before well to me it's most clear and I'll admit my favorite track on the album is not like maybe one of the tracks that pops out as like the earworm of the album there are plenty of those but there's a track called the uh, called Comets I believe it's just called Comets and you'll hear in Bonnie's voice when she does that she's doing these um, vocal runs and vocal cadences that you know, you're going to hear rarely, if ever, in a country music style. Um, it just sort of blossoms into this, like, sort of waltz between um, there are some horn instruments and some string instruments. Violin is used beautifully on this track as, as it is on the whole album, and I believe most of that is Jeffrey Robson, who's the uh, associate conductor of the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra and won the Respighi Prize in conducting this year. In a, or last year in a ceremony in New York City and so yeah I, I would say if anybody wants to know what it sounds like when you beautifully blend operatic bel canto influences and um, vocal cadences and honky-tonk music go cue up comments on Bonnie Montgomery's new album forever so I mean this but, falls into our big questions but I was gonna say is there we're, we're segueing slowly into our recommendations mm -hmm. here and I sort of wanted to get that background to ask you know is there any is there a band right now that you'd really like to recommend a show that's coming up in the next month that you sort of want to put out there and really recommend for people to go check out well something um, as festival season approaches um, you know all these lineups are being announced and something that I am really really excited is the Fulcrum Festival that is happening at the Davis Ranch right outside of North Little Rock. Um, Cliff Aaron and his Infinity Music crew have done an incredible job. I mean, can you imagine? Stephen Marley is going to be here. PJ Morton's going to be here. Um, a country band I'm not very familiar with called Love and Theft that you know are apparently huge. 
and it's going to be a weekend at this beautiful big ranch and it's $75 for two days. I mean, it's just being able to see Stephen Marley, who's never been to Little Rock before. It's just awesome what they've been able to bring. And I'm anxious to see this one of a kind first time festival in Little Rock and hopefully encourage more. Yeah. So well, that's that's my latest thing that I'm really okay. excited about. That that's your big recommendation. I'll recommend people should check out Follow the Wolf, right? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's on YouTube and Facebook right now. Perfect. Check that out. Stephanie, any recommendations for the uh, the week ahead? I do. I'm gonna take a radical departure here because I'm aching for spring. Aching for <laughs> spring. And so I gotta go pretty garden nerd and recommend something that's uh, that I've been following over the last couple of years arguably doesn't fall into the arts and entertainment category, but, um, you know, if being We're very outside loose. in the spring in Arkansas is not entertainment, I don't know what is. Gardening, uh, gardening's an art, for it, sure. It is definitely an art, and maybe a science if you're good at it, or maybe if you're not. Um, there's a garden blog by a lady named Horma Akmiradova, and she's from Turkmenistan, but she lives here in Little Rock, and she has spent the last several years building this beautiful catalog of these, um, some very common and some very, some not so common vegetable and plant varieties. Um, She's got a beautiful Instagram account. It's garden underscore plant underscore lover. And she does vegetables, flowers, herbs, and she has spent a lot of time figuring out what works and what doesn't in zone 8B or 8A here in Arkansas so that you don't have to. Uh, so, if photos of black carrots and videos about growing strawberries from seed are sort of your bag, you should check that out. And on another note, I've been using this thing called, uh, it's from the Cooperative Extension, and it's called the Year-Round Home Garden Planting Chart. And basically, uh, the folks at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff spent time and figured out what, um, what plants you should start when during the year it's all on one page so it's just like january through december um what you should do each month mine is smudged with (laughs) lots of soil and has been folded and unfolded dozens of times it's totally indispensable so thank you uh to the people who created that um i've relied on it and and it's worked for me and you should check it out and it's free just go print it out it's pdf i understand by reading the fine print on it that uh the professor and chair of the Department of Agriculture at U of A Pine Bluff authored this. His name is Dr. Obadiah M. Jue, and then um, another UAPB professor, Dr. Hazel Reed, gets credit for the original concept. I have never met either of them, but I just personally thank them for this tool that I've used over the last few years to grow good stuff. That is the, wow, that is a good (laughs) recommendation. Uh, I'll do mine really quick. I didn't realize that the drive-by truckers uploaded all their sets, basically, like so many of their live sets, to this uh, recording page. Uh, I'll link it in the thing. It's on archive.org, but you can just go listen to tons of drive-by trucker set. And, and um, I caught it because someone uh, sent the link to me because right after um, the tragedy in Parkland, uh, they played to open their set one of their songs, which is about a mass shooting. It's incredibly powerful, as they tend to be. So I would go check that out, and I'll link that. But also, it's just a really great ar- archive of uh, Drive-By Trekkers live sites. So i check that out. We're going to segue fastly. Omai, oh you've been silent. We haven't talked about film at all. It's been like 20 minutes. I know you're dying. Is there any film recommendations that you want to say? Oscar season is so close. And we had our ridiculously long Oscar podcast, yes. but I, I know that you have something else. 
that you want to say at this time? Is it Oscar Black Panther related? Anything you want to update us on? Um, yeah, I think everybody should go see Black Panther if you haven't already seen it. If you're like the only person since it <laughs> all the money in the world last weekend. Um, wow. All I did not know that. Yeah. I made all the money in the world. Yeah. <laughs> all the money in the world. We're serfs now. It's a feudal society. <laughs> um, and then I would also recommend, if you didn't get to come out Tuesday night to the, our screening of Point Break, you should get it and watch it and then tell Jacob how much you liked it. Okay. <laughs> we'll save this for a later time. I thought Point Break was great, but I also laughed for, I would say, 30% of the film because Keanu Reeves... Acts ridiculous in this oh, he movie. Is ridiculous. Yeah, see, <laughs> don't uh, you don't hurt Omaya's feelings. Ridiculously awesome. Well, I agree, ridiculously awesome. Yes, but I'm a Swayze girl. I have been since. Okay. So. I wish you'd been here last week when we debated the merits <laughs> and demerits of Keanu's possibly revolutionary acting or possibly what is on the flip side of like people like you. Bad acting. <laughs> Revolutionary or potentially... Let's call it bad. Let's call it bad acting. <laughs> or great. Or great. Yeah. Either way. Um, so we'll wrap this up with, as we do each week, Stephanie, do you have one move for the weekend? One thing that we should do? I do, and this was really hard because there's a shitload going on. Can I say that? I think so. There's You're a lot at... going on. <laughs> uh, Pharaoh Sanders, a tenor saxophonist from Little Rock, um, who's uh, really, when people use the word legend, it's, it's greatly overused totally appropriate about this person. Pharaoh Sanders is at Pulaski Tech. Um, he's got the Bonnie Montgomery show at South on Main. There's a tribute to True Soul Records Friday night at Ron Robinson. Oh, that looks There's good. There's a killer British uh, doom metal band called uh, Conan coming to Whitewater Saturday night. But with all that said, there is only one thing to do this weekend. And it is in light of the fact that there is right now a Tesla Roadster floating in space. And it has, when I checked right before this podcast, it has exceeded its 36,000-mile warranty over 800 times. Whoa. Assuming the battery still works, the car's audio player has played Space Oddity over 4,400 times. With that said, you should go hear the symphony play space music. They're going to take archival NASA imagery and put it on a high-res screen behind the symphony as they play Pulse the planets, Adam's um, fast ride in a what is it? F- fast ride in a in a small machine, I think it's called. Um, very close to whatever it is. That it's sounds very right. Short, short ride in a fast machine. <laughs> that's what it is. And uh, Richard Strauss is also Sprachazar through Stray, which for anybody who's ever seen 2001: A Space Oddity, uh, a space Oddity, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that song. Um, the planets you probably know, it, the the Mars, the bringer of war, um, is really the basis of John Williams' The Imperial March. Jupiter, the bringer of jollity, and he does all other seven planets besides Earth. Ironically, he didn't do Pluto because it hadn't been discovered as a planet, but it's just as well, right? <laughs> because it's now it's not a planet. <laughs> uh, so that is 7.30 Saturday night at uh, Robinson Center Performance Hall and then 3 p.m. Sunday. So there's no wrong choices. You know, you got metal at Whitewater, you got Pharaoh Sanders, but the most right choice, potentially, is the planets. So go check out Outer Space. Seems like a cool place. And we'll be back next week. And thanks so much, for Sarah Wolf, for being oh, here. You're welcome.